Welcome to another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat. Everything about Glasgow's West End. My name is Jim Byrne and the Pat in the title is Pat Byrne. And this is episode 43. In this episode, Pat chats to the young jazz singer Luca Manning. Luca is the talented grandson the talented grandson of your favourite TV antiques expert, Anita Manning. There's a fact for you. Uh, Luca is in his second year of a jazz degree at the Guildhall School of Music in London. He's just back from San Francisco and he's soon to perform at Ronnie Scott's in London and at the Danoon Jazz Festival. We've actually known Luca for many, many, many years because uh, Anita used to stay across the hall from us when we stayed in Hillhead. We stayed in the same close. There you go. Anyway, back to Luca. All that study he's been doing down there in London has paid off uh, because recently won the Rising Star Award at the Scottish Jazz Awards. So there you go. So let's go over... Why did I say let's go over? Let's listen to Pat chatting to Luca Manning. Hi, Luca. Hello. I'm going to be speaking to Luca Manning today. Ask Luca to come along. I haven't seen him for a long, long time, since he was quite a wee boy, actually, because we used to be neighbours. But I've been coming across him quite a lot lately on social media because he's been doing so well as a jazz singer. So that's what I was really wanting to speak to Luca about today. What have you been up to lately? Um, well, I've just completed my first year at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama in London and I moved down there in September to start studying jazz there as a singer and I'm very, very glad I did that at the same time as remaining in touch with the Scottish jazz scene and coming up here for a lot of, a lot of great work and great projects. Um, much more recently, I guess the most recent thing I've done is literally just get back yesterday from San Francisco oh and I was there for a week mm-hmm. um, studying at the Brubeck Institute at the University of the Pacific and they run a week summer jazz colony there every year and Nigel, which is the National Youth Jazz Orchestra of the UK, send over three UK participants each year as well as a faculty member. So I was really honoured actually to be selected to go over there for a week and study alongside mm-hmm. Australians and Americans and people from Israel and Nepal and it was oh incredible. God, sounds amazing. And I, I guess the main people responsible for that are not only Nigel but also everyone. I put up a crowdfunder on social media and I had a lot of help from from people that were family and friends and uh, a, a big thank you to them for, for allowing me to go, basically. And, yeah, I just learned a, a hell of a lot while I was over there and I got to play music with lots of different people from lots of different places and I would highly recommend anyone that gets a chance to, to go over and do that. To at go the to San Francisco alone yeah. that would be, would be, would yeah. be but especially yeah. that that Brubeck Institute you know Dave we got to learn a lot about Dave Brubeck and his life his music his legacy and he mm-hmm. set that up there um to kind of preserve mm-hmm. jazz education and, and his legacy mm-hmm. and 
think it's an amazing place that and does a lot of good contacts as well. Yeah, yeah, getting especially getting to meet some of the faculty members, you know, mm-hmm. um, who are kind of doing it, you know, <laughs> all the all the great people that you love listening to and that you want to, you mm-hmm. dream of playing with, they've mm-hmm. done, you know. Yeah. So it was amazing to kind of be like one degree of separation from like people that you really admire. Yeah, that was really fantastic. Yeah. I, I imagine that it would have been very difficult to very competitive getting into the Guildhall. Yeah, I think I think it is. The the great thing about Guildhall is that it has a big course and there's there's about a hundred and seventy or something on the jazz course. Um so there's about thirty people in my year, which is which is large mm-hmm. for a course of, of, of its nature. Um, the other conservatoires don't accept as many people and maybe they don't get as many applicants, I'm not sure. But the the amazing thing and the strength of the Guildhall course is that it has so many people mm-hmm. and such a diverse range of music. And therefore you're... Some, some of them are playing instruments. Yeah, some yeah. Some of them that yourself are singing. Exactly. So you really get to meet all kinds of people just within the jazz department that that kind of play all different kinds of jazz you know jazz isn't so much a genre of music it's it's a kind of creative process and I don't mean that in some kind of like highbrow way it's just that I think jazz over the years has evolved in such a way that it's not how we used to define it you know it's more defined by does the music include spontaneity improvisation and this kind of element of creativity that other musics don't, if the answer is yes, then it probably falls under a jazz category. It's not really about what style it is mm-hmm. so much because there's so many different styles going on within jazz music. And I think Guildhall has become a kind of hub for this in London. Um, you can walk into a practice room and hear straight ahead swing, then you could go down the hall and hear some Brazilian music, then you could go down and hear some kind of hip-hop influence stuff. You know, there's such a variety mm-hmm going on and I've definitely felt that spending a year there the amount of different projects that I've been involved in so far has blown my mind and I don't think you get that anywhere else really I mean I can I can imagine you know what the excitement of what you're seeing up to a point because I used to work at the Royal Scottish Academy yeah yeah and um Sometimes I would stop, stop what I was doing. I wasn't doing anything um, creative. I was um, study support. Uh-huh. So it was how to research a dissertation. Yeah, All of that sort of stuff. But sometimes I'd be maybe working at something. But whoever was practising nearby, uh, yeah. I just had to stop to listen. Yeah. Or, or even sometimes you would see a wee group in the corridor. Mm-hmm. You know, so the students had sort of got together. Yeah, and yeah. it was obviously sort of impromptu stuff mm-hmm. that they were doing. So... Um, I mean, I don't know a lot about jazz um, at all, but um, I can imagine the excitement of that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, just you don't know what's going to happen next. You really don't, and and you know the the RCS has a has a great course, and and I play with a lot of the musicians that come out of there, and you know again similar things are happening there, um, and it is it's really exciting because you you don't know what's going to happen, and there's things that I've done this year that two years ago or even a year ago I wouldn't have thought I'd be doing and, and that's the excitement of it really you never know what's going to happen and um, you did very well at the jazz festival yeah you won, you won so award, well yeah so the Glasgow Jazz Festival was kind of kicked off by the Scottish Jazz Awards that happened um, I think it was early July no 
early June, sorry, early June, the Scottish Jazz Awards, it was a ceremony that was held at St Luke's in Glasgow and I was really lucky to be nominated in two categories, uh, the Rising Star category and Best Vocalist. And, I mean, that was like a massive kind of shock anyway. I was really happy about that. And then it's open to public vote, and I think over 3,000 people voted mm-hmm. in this year's awards online, and I went to the ceremony, and it turned out that I'd won the Rising Star Award, which was a huge, huge kind of overwhelming moment for me to kind of be recognised you know in my home country and and by people that I knew was really amazing and I must say that category was filled with some incredible young people so it was (laughs) it was really strange winning that one my goodness Um, your mum and Belle and your gran and everything they must have been just so thrilled they were you know they really were and and I had my mum and my gran there um which was really special I think because my grand, just before it happened, my grand turned around to me and she was like, you know, do you think you're going to win anything? I was like, no, no, we're here to enjoy it and observe and see all my pals do well. And then it was the first award that was called out. And honestly, I was floored. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not really renowned for um, being very quiet as a person, but I didn't really know what to say. So I was quite, I was quite um, lost for words, unusually. Um, and and from there we had the Glasgow Jazz Festival, uh, the Young Scottish Jazz Musician of the Year competition, and I was involved in in a number of things that were dead exciting. The, the new Blue Arrow Jazz Club. I was going to ask you yeah. that actually, because that just seems to what a place out of nowhere. Yeah, um, it looks great. I've I've, I've seen um, you know I've put it up on the site a couple mm. of times, you know events. Yeah, and it just seemed to sort of I thought, well, what's this? it's a really interesting place because in one way it's sprung out of nowhere and in another way it's very much come out of something special because there's a a fantastic woman called Cheryl Chadda who ran a jazz night at Duke's Bar on Oldham Barton Road for for a few years Mm -hmm. and that night just took off there was something about it that made it different from any other jazz night happening in Mm -hmm. Scotland really um, there was a lot of young people from the RCS and from outside that would come and play. There was actually people from all over the UK coming to play that oh night God. on a Thursday. It's quite small and too, isn't it? was it? small and it was packed mm-hmm. out with young people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a couple of things that made it unusual. You know, there'd be like almost a queue to get in, you know, like all young people coming to see it and just having a great That's time. Super. I think mm-hmm. Cheryl called it a jazz rave at one point. You know, it felt like that. <laughs> Um, and after a kind of battle with noise complaints and etc, it all became a bit stressful. And Cheryl was looking for a new, a new space to to take her her magic. Well, she built up. Yeah, and when we found out that she she was opening the Blue Arrow, it was like a dream come true because Glasgow didn't have a dedicated jazz space. Mm-hmm. Then the way that Edinburgh has the jazz bar and Aberdeen has the Blue Lamp, we didn't have. A hub. We we had a great kind of scene, mm-hmm. and we had great musicians, and we had great creativity happening. But we didn't have anywhere we could really call home. Mm-hmm. And what Cheryl provided in so many ways was not only a physical space, but a kind of a, a, an environment where we could mm-hmm. try out mm-hmm. things. And and you know she's so welcoming and, and works in the best interests of the musicians. And it's a great space. I mean, it's been I was there during the jazz festival. I did the Saturday night. 
slot um, after Helena Kay and I hosted the, the jam as well and oh my god the atmosphere in that place mm-hmm. is incredible I had a band up from London with me and they said you know this is better than any London club that I've been to you know in terms of the people and yeah. how welcoming the, it was the Glasgow audience it they really welcoming. They, they, they always get a lot of praise yeah yeah I, I think that that definitely showed when we were up and I think it's been hard recently because of the fire on Sucky Hall Street. So mm-hmm. the Blue Arrow's right on Sucky Hall Street. Right? And it's, it's definitely been affected by it, you know, because mm-hmm. there's not as much passing trade coming through and people don't know whether it's open or not. But if we can get any message out, it's yeah, that yeah, the well, Blue Arrow well, I, is I, open. And I'll um, make sure. Of course. You know, we'll have a look today, actually. Yeah. And get up some of the... They've yeah. got a great gig on that I, I want to go to on Thursday night. There's the Blue Arrow Big Band, right. which is a, a big band, so, uh, you know, full horn section plus rhythm section that's kind of been started up for the Blue Arrow by a trumpeter called Josh Elcock, who just graduated from the conservatoire. And I definitely want to go to that. That's on Thursday night. And would you... Um, Go up and sing as a guest if they spotted you with the. Oh well, if they if they asked me, I would. But you know, waiting on waiting on the call. You know, <laughs> um, no, I've had the I've had an opportunity to play with a lot of people in that band, and and uh, they're they're all great. And oh well, you'll get you'll definitely get along. I'm, I'm sure. So this is the last week of your holiday. Yeah, so I've been, I've been trying to relax. Um, it's been a great summer actually since uh, obviously Glasgow Jazz Festival and then just following that I was involved in Edinburgh Jazz Festival which ran in July and I had an, an amazing time there as part of my summer up in Scotland and then obviously just did the Brubeck Institute thing and then I'm going to go back down to, before I go back down to London actually on Friday I'm going to Dunoon for yeah. their Jazz Festival. Oh which is going to be fab because that was a a staple of the Scottish Mm -hmm. jazz scene for many years Mm -hmm. and it's just starting up again this year. And they asked me and Alan Bente to go along with a band and play the Friday night in the Borough Hall. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'll be back to London on Monday and Tuesday for Ronnie Scott's jazz club. I've been there. That's been there a long time. A long long time. time. It is a long history (laughs) and legacy. So I'm I am really um, humbled to to be playing there. I'm supporting a band called the Black Art Jazz Collective for two nights, um, and I can't wait to get down That's there and play play That's at good. Ronnie's. So that will be really exciting. And then I'm not back in Scotland until September when I come back to Isla for their jazz festival, which it's is really, one of my favourites. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's it's so kind of rewarding. Isn't it, it is. It's it, I think. Especially like just remembering why we play the music we do and and why we are kind of artists in a sense, you know. Like sometimes it can be a really hard and an unexpectedly lonely thing to be doing, you know, when you're kind of out all the time traveling here and there and stressed about gigs. But actually, we're the lucky ones and we're quite privileged to. I'm so privileged to be able to do what I love, mm-hmm. you know, all the time and study it and learn mm-hmm. from such great people. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's a real honour. So yeah, we should remember that it's great, you know. I mean, it's good that you're so aware of all, all of that. Yeah. You know, and embracing it. Mm. I don't think everyone does that. No, I think and, like and, a but, lot of people tend to take some things 
especially studying. Try and not take it for granted, yeah. yeah, because I think, well, I think all the people that I look up to remind me mm-hmm. why I'm doing it and remind me to not take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And you do need these reminders, you know, there's definitely people mm-hmm. that I look up to that have been mm-hmm. so helpful and saying, you know, realise how lucky you are, and, and, and I do, yeah. you know. It's, it's, it seems like a very mature outlook. What, what age yeah, are you I, so I'm 19 <laughs> I mean, at the moment. It's, I, and I mean, it just seems incredible. I mean, I just... Um, you know, I've said to a few people because you know, often you know the the Manning name comes up. You know, but through Anita and, uh-huh. and your mum, you know, through Lala, and because I run into your mum every so often, and and Anita, and of course we were all such close neighbours. Of course. And I remember um, when you were just a wee wee boy, and you would come into our house with Belle when Caitlin was up, mm-hmm. and then we would just say to you, "What about a song, Luca?" Uh-huh. And you would just—I remember—I can picture you standing in our living room behind the big cane sofa, just belting out a big number. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I remember, and my, people always ask me. It's really funny. People always say. And when did you start singing? <laughs> and I feel like that's such a false question because there was never a decision that I was going to sing it. It just kind of happened. Well, and it, when I was a kid, yeah. people would yeah. kind of encourage me yeah. for better or worse, I suppose, you know, and well, no, we, you wouldn't we shut were, me we up. Were all, we, were all t- we were always absolutely tickled. You yeah, know, yeah. thought it was great because, you know, how, apart from um, enjoying the singing and you were brilliant even, you know, as, as a wee boy, you were fabulous. But... Most kids, um, you could never get them to do anything. Ah, uh-huh, I know, you know, I know. Because they didn't even want their photograph. I you? know, and there I was, <laughs> belting it out behind a couch. Yeah. I know, I do remember when I was younger having that kind of, I don't know, maybe it wasn't even that I had confidence to do it. I think it was just that I knew I needed to do it. You know, it's that it's way that... Pleasure as well. Yeah, when yeah, you love something so much, uh-huh. you, you feel like you need to let it out of me in a way you know mm-hmm. I just loved it yeah. I, I loved any opportunity yeah. I got to play music yeah. or I wish I, I wish I, I had a photograph of that happened but I, ha- I did send your mum a couple of photographs um, recently mm-hmm. of you and Belle and um, Caitlin and the girls were dressed up and they were, they were all dressed in fancy mm-hmm. dress and you were making faces at their back <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had a great time I remember and it's fun and it's funny how things turn out because you know my sister played a lot of music as well and she's decided you know she's studying psychology at the moment but really adventurous I I admire Belle in so many ways Mm -hmm. she's just about to come back from three months in Enskede in the Netherlands where she's been on a research project and she's she travels all over the world and does amazing things and I think you know although she hasn't pursued music in the same way as me like it was a massive part of our upbringing and mm-hmm. and I really admire anyone that just goes for their ambitions and kind mm-hmm. of does what they do mm-hmm. in, in so any what, context what university is Belle? Belle's studying at Strathclyde mm-hmm. so what year is she? she's about to go into her final year mm-hmm. which is crazy um, yeah about to go into mm-hmm. fourth year psychology is a great subject yeah opinion. she really enjoys it I mean I don't know what she'll what she wants to do eventually. I mean, not that anyone kind of needs to know that, but I, I, she has a lot of interests mm-hmm. in, in a lot of different things, you know, mm-hmm. everything from snowboarding to mm-hmm. analysing people's brains. I don't mm-hmm. know which one she'll pursue, but, you know, it's great. Yeah. that She just well, fills me with energy. Must be, 
I mean, I know she is. I know she's so proud of both. I of think you. she is, and mm-hmm. and our mum's always been that kind of strong constant in our lives. That mm-hmm. and good fun. Oh, great fun! You know, I still have fun with my yeah, mum. I loved know, you. I, I loved back. you run into Lala. She's always doing something crazy, which I admire in the best way. You know, mm-hmm. she's got so much energy. I, I enjoyed it. You'll have, you'll have seen it was uh, a while ago now when your mum and Anita went to Iceland. Yeah, yeah, that was that great. Was it was great watching. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, my mum's really um, not the type of person that wants a camera put in front of her, but I think she's someone that that is quite adventurous so mm-hmm. when she got the opportunity to go right. somewhere like Iceland you know she mm-hmm. she really enjoyed that mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about it we only happened to when it was on television we only happened to see it that night. That's so and funny. I could not believe it I was like. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So but, but you flitted up to Wilton yeah. Street. Yeah so we're, we're living up in Wilton Street at the moment and have done for mm-hmm. for for quite a while now and it's great you know we've Wilton got a lovely Street. I love it up there. Yeah, so it's really nice. It's nice because it's you're still in the city, but it's a kind of quiet bit that you can That's relax. It's and um, they've got nice wee sort of gardens. In yeah, there and yeah, and it feels very green. Very green because where where I lived in London at the moment, there's not a lot of greenery around. Well, I was staying in halls of residence in the city of London, very central, very kind of. Lots of tall buildings and not much tree area, but uh, now I'll be moving into a flat in Bow, which is kind of near my end, and that's going to be a lovely bit. Yeah, I lived in London for three years yeah. when I was a teenager. Whereabouts did you live? Well, I stayed first of all in Belsize Park, right. as north, in a convent. Right. Because we were only allowed to go if we were going there. Right. I went with just my friends and that. And um, Mary, and then um, we actually stayed in Kings Road. Okay. But it was the world's end, the opposite end of Sloan Square. Okay, and at right. That time it was the world's end. Oh my it god! It was an absolute. Um, oh my god! It was. Now that's all done up, oh, Kings Road, Chelsea. Well, you it's... couldn't. You couldn't. Um, you couldn't dream to live there now. I played, and the, they have a Pizza Express there. It's really funny, right? Pizza Express are some of the best gigs you can get, right? They own these great venues. But see, when you tell people that you're playing a pizza <laughs> joint, they look at you kind of funny. But no, there's some like there's a great Pizza Express jazz club in Soho, and they have a lovely Chelsea venue called the Pheasantry, and that's on Kings Road, and it's really nice. But we've been down. Jim's played quite a few times in London. Yeah, and he played with. There was a fabulous gig. It was in Blackheath. Right. He was supporting in Benny Gallagher. Okay. And Gallagher and no, you wouldn't, wouldn't remember the Gallagher and Lyle, but Benny Gallagher still very, very much on on the go. Mm. So that was a great venue too, Blackheath Halls. It's gorgeous. Blackheath is lovely, but London is so it is just is a very exciting place to be, isn't it? It is, yeah. Especially like studying there, it's just there is there's so much happening. I always feel like. I don't see enough actually because there's always things I want to go to and there's always people I want but to see. You're out performing. I know, I know. So <laughs> it, it's the time that, that I get off that I just want to lie in my bed, you know. I don't, you know, but I must make an effort to go out and see more because there's so much happening. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's really well, great. Well, you, you 
I mean, I feel as if there's less happening in Glasgow, but I mean, is it better? There is, there is. London's could multiply that by I know. millions. But I do feel like Glasgow's a good um, springboard in a way, and it's different in so many ways because as I've come back to Glasgow, I've been going like to places like the Blue Arrow and stuff, and it, there is a different vibe here. You know, it's it's Glasgow's got its own thing completely. You know, and and you know, it's maybe not as big, but it's it's great what's happening up here as well, which is why I've been coming back so much. Actually, I can never mm-hmm. can never fully take myself away because it's, it's too exciting. It's always been brilliant for for music. Yeah, in, yeah. Um, years and many years ago, and I worked actually worked for social work department, mm-hmm. and but I was a community worker, and I had I was told that I was to start working with young unemployed people, mm-hmm. which was a bit bizarre because you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're as diverse as anyone else yeah, but it yeah. ended up um, that I started working with young musicians right, yeah. in Clyde Bank and um, at that time a lot of them were yoppers and you know they didn't have proper jobs, there was no work yeah. it was sort of um, early mid 80s but my god there were so many of them right into music yeah, and yeah. Jim and I actually um we set up that club in Glasgow, the Kazoo Club. Right. And um, what it was, it was just that anybody could come along and they would get a gig, they would mm-hmm. get playing. And um, the, whenever we launched it, we had an artist drawing in charcoal on the wall. Great. It was an old 13th note. Right, um, yeah. It was terrific. Franz Ferdinand, um, Alex Capranis, yeah. his first gig there. Oh, that's amazing. And, and he actually took over running that. You stopped running it because... Um, we wanted people just to be able to come, but because it got so successful, they t- wanted to charge, you know, people to get in. It's yeah, only yeah, five yeah. or something, but we thought, oh, well, that wasn't our idea. Yeah, so you'll give but, it to um, someone else. But Alex Capranis, actually, he took it over. That's great. He did very well with it, and people played there, like, in the early days, Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, and yeah. People like that. But it was a kind of... It, had, it sounds a bit like the Blue Arrow. Yeah, there's so a great a, hub, yeah. It had a kind of, um, sort of cult community vibe, yeah. To it and sort of um, everybody, everybody made it what it was. Yeah. But I think Glasgow, um, I know from the website, I could be working all day, every day, putting up events. Oh, yeah. And some of them I come across, like coming across the Blue Arrow, I'm thinking, what's this now? Yeah. And even St. Luke's. You know that's not yeah. that's not all that old either. Yeah, that's true. You know, you, because so there's new and and I think the point you're talking about, like these uh, springboards. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it must be great for people there when you're coming back. I think so. Yeah, because I think you're bringing something, you know, something different, mm. and then especially, I mean, you're only young yourself, but it lets other people, young people, aspire to things. Yeah, I think a massive part of like being a musician in any way is like kind of I wouldn't well basically I wouldn't be anywhere without the people that had come before me and that I looked up to and that's not necessarily people that you listen to that are long dead or like you know your your inspirations musically it could be like people that inspire you by being around you like other musicians that are a bit older I always played with people that were older than me and learned a lot from them mm-hmm. um, and also like my teachers um, that I knew personally they had such a massive impact on me so I think now like as I get a bit older and get a bit more experience under my belt 
I do have a certain awareness that you know it's important to inspire the people around you that are that bit younger and like it meant so much to me to like have people to look up to and I think as long as you can have like diverse role models in whatever scene you're in then you're doing something right you know so I think you should always have a a real diverse range of people at the top of their game well it sounds as if you've got the perfect ethic Mm, really, I hope so. It, yeah, absolutely, and so enthusiastic. Yeah. And but I think most of all, just loving it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you've got to love it, otherwise it would be a drag, you know. <laughs> you've got to love it. You've got to love um, it. So, well, what's next? Um. Well. Well, you've said about Janoon and uh, Janoon, and then Ronnie Scotts, Scott. and then I'll start my second year of college. Um, need to get practicing for that, and uh, yeah, just. Lots of lots of live gigs and projects and how do you practice? Um, in so many different ways, you know. You can practice on your instrument. You can practice off your instrument. I always really sit at a piano if I'm doing something because I've always played the piano, and um, just things that my teachers give me. And you know, if you want to get better at something, you do need to really put in the hours. So. It's just all that boring repetition stuff that you need to that you need to do. See, everyone sees the good bit once you've practiced it and once you're great at it. But there's, I can I can tell you for any musician, there's a lot of hours that go in. You know. Oh, absolutely. So, and what about um, you know, producing music and? Um, well, I really do want to start writing more. Um, I do write, but I'd I'd love to start writing. So that's that's really a focus for this year. Um, I kind of made a promise to myself that I'd take more time to to exercise that writing muscle and try and write some songs and and see where they go. Maybe put um, a CD. In. Yeah, I'd, I I'm I'm kind of in two minds about whether I should force myself to book a studio and just get an album done or whether it's something that will come more naturally I don't know I haven't made up my mind yet because I'm on it's it's I'm doing so many other things mm-hmm. you know um my very dear friend Sam Avery runs a band called The Delegates and I've been lucky to be involved in them since I moved to London and he's doing an album that we're recording in November so you'll be on that. so I'll be on that yeah, so good. I'm involved in, in a number mm-hmm. of things with other people so I'll I'll need to set aside time if I want to do my yeah, own thing, you know. Well, I think I think um, probably there'll be a right time. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll feel when the time is right. And see, um, some of the events, you know, like at the Blue Arrow and so on, are some of these up on YouTube? What the things that I've done? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think there's a lot of videos up on YouTube. There's some stuff that I've done you know, working with Delilah Neal, who's a friend of mine and a filmmaker, and the session videos that I've put up from there. And then I think there's also live things that people have maybe filmed and put on. Yeah, there's definitely YouTube footage out there. Let people listen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're doing so well. Thank you. You definitely deserve it. We could see it coming. Yeah, I'm glad somebody (laughs) could. I don't know what I was doing. (laughs) No, and thanks very much. No, thank you. Is there anything else you um, wanted to talk about or Um, shout out for anyone? I think that just, I think that, well, first of all, I think that it's great that you're doing this podcast and that people 
are, are listening from all over the world you were telling me which is amazing <laughs> so you need to <laughs> people need to support things like this and, and listen and mm-hmm. tune in mm-hmm. and also just I wish everyone well in the kind of Glasgow and, and Scottish music scene I think it's amazing what happens up here and I'll be I'll be back you know you'll be back I'll be back back so. often yeah yeah okay great thanks a lot thank you so much bye for now bye for now I'll be back thanks Luca thanks Pat I'm looking forward to you being back thus ends another episode of Jim and Pat's Glasgow West End Chat I hope you're enjoying the the interviews if you are please subscribe please tell a friend about the podcast and if you're really loving it Give us some five-star reviews uh, on the, the iTunes or whatever as you're listening. Oh, and okay, catch you the next time. Bye.